0: No cats were harmed in the making of this podcast Oh hey everybody, welcome to episode 23 of the More Than Just Code podcast My name is Tim Mitra, I'm in Toronto, Ontario I'm joined by Aaron Vay in Whitby, Ontario How's it going? And I'm joined by Jaime Lopez in Seattle, Washington Hello people And once again we have Mark Rubin in San Jose, California Hey everybody so there was uh, some really earth-shaking news today, and I'm just going to let Aaron lead on with it.
1: You like the sound effects? Let's do sound effects in the show now.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. No? <laughs> so, well, I
0: got, tr- I got in trouble for the sound effects last time I tried to use them. So. so oh, little the little bottle
1: little. cap sound. That was terrible. Oh, come yeah. on. It was awesome. oh, Yes, it was. It was terrible. <laughs> I, I believe you can come up with something good, but that, that was not it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Well... Let's talk about Microsoft. You remember those guys? They used to make an, yeah. a, a little-known operating system.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, they're back. And today they used to they make had, Mac software,
0: I think, actually, back in the day.
1: Oh, yeah. That's how they got their start, right? Yeah, that's true. That's yep. how they mm-hmm. got big with uh, mm-hmm. Microsoft Word and Excel, uh, which were first in the Mac. Yep. I was um, looking at this announcement they made today, um, and it was a, a very large, wide-ranging announcement that covered a number of different products that they announced. And I was actually taken back to the time, back in 1998, uh, Macworld Boston, if I'm remembering right, Mm and maybe you can correct Mm -hmm. me, Steve Jobs gets on stage and announces that Microsoft is investing in Apple to the tune of some $250 million, if I'm remembering Mm -hmm. that number correctly. And the audience booed. And Steve Jobs said, you know, you guys really have to let go of the idea that for Apple to win, Microsoft has to lose.
2: Right.
1: And... As usual, Steve Jobs was incredibly prescient. He knew where things were going uh, better than anyone else at the time, and ever since, probably. Because Microsoft isn't relevant anymore, at least to us, uh, for the things that they used to be, for Windows and for Office. Mm-hmm. Um, Office software doesn't really matter much anymore, except to you know standard line, run-of-the-mill businesses. Mm -hmm. Which 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 we are are not in. in. Oh yes, of Of course there are. Of course there are. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to discount the fact that Microsoft is making lots of money and lots of people are using their software. Um, Mm -hmm. I just am talking about where where's the future heading and where Microsoft makes their money is in where the future was, not where where it's going. So um, we don't regard Microsoft as a threat to Apple anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. Now Satya Nadella, the new CEO of Microsoft. Um, has been pointing the company in new directions. He comes from sort of a cloud background, and he's shown in his, his early tenure with the company that he's not afraid to shake things up. Um, so he's done a lot of work in terms of building out uh, Azure, which is Microsoft's cloud-based solution. Right. He's um, open-sourcing all of the development suite that Microsoft relies on, so C Sharp, um, the whole .NET framework is going open-source. Mm -hmm. Um, All kinds of interesting things are happening there. We don't see a lot of development in Microsoft Office, um, but we are seeing developments with Microsoft Windows. Now, the original Windows um, 8, which launched uh, last year, the year before, wasn't exactly an earth-shaking product launch, um, Mm -hmm. but it pointed the way to where Microsoft is going. Now, this announcement today uh, was headlined by the introduction of Windows 10, which is going to promise an amalgamation of the desktop, tablet, and phone operating systems sort of into the same build. I guess there's going to be different versions for each platform, but as a developer, you're going to be able to write one app that can run on all of those platforms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting, but um, I guess the, the funny thing about it is that I'm not sure how much it matters anymore. Just like I was saying, like, where's Windows in terms of you know, where the future is going? And Microsoft's making a bet, as it has, as we've seen for some time now, that they're going to um, consider the phone and the desktop as sort of the same platform. Whereas, as we know, Apple's made the bet that a phone or a tablet is a totally different form factor from a desktop and requires its own operating system. Right, right. Um, to this, to this day, Microsoft has not been able to prove to us convincingly that one operating system can handle all those platforms. Um, and I, I remain, um, dubious, <laughs> just put it lightly. So, uh, when Microsoft announced windows 10 today, um, we're seeing a polishing up of that, that line between desktop and, and mobile being sort of blurred a little more, um, mm-hmm. But it still looks like there's work to be done in terms of converging those product lines and um, far from being sort of the be-all and end-all. I think Windows 10 is just another step along the road from everything I've seen so far. Um, Other things, like they've they've got Cortana on the desktop, uh, which is their version of Siri, um, Mm -hmm. which would be nice. I wouldn't mind that in OS X. Um, And uh, they've also announced that Internet Explorer is going to be going away. Mm-hmm. that's uh, huge thats yeah, <laughs> I mean it's huge historically speaking. I'm not sure if it's huge in our day to day lives
0: well, yeah, I think I think it's been it's it's always been a problem and it's probably been eclipsed by Firefox and Chrome and things like that
1: right It absolutely has been, but um you know Internet Explorer, while still in in heavy use, um, hasn't really been much of an issue for developers because um, as you say chrome is is probably by far the most popular browser out there. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, Microsoft is replacing it with another browser, so they're not getting out of the browser business. They're going into it still, Um, but they've got a new browser engine. It's called Spartan, Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not clear quite yet whether it actually is different from Internet Explorer under the hood. IE's engine is called uh, Trident. And um, that's actually the stuff, you know, the code that, that determines how HTML and all the other good stuff on the web is, gets rendered into a view. Um, so it's not clear to me whether this new IE is going to be something that uh, actually renders pages differently. Uh, or if it'll be just same old, same old. Um, well, hopefully
0: the, it's the same as Chrome and Firefox from that perspective, like Gecko or something like that. that you know, it's or
1: much more compatible. Like, WebKit, you yeah. mean. So, like, yeah, is it yeah. is it WebKit? The answer is almost certainly no. Like, definitely mm-hmm. not. It's not WebKit. Um, therefore, it will not render like WebKit does, <laughs> right? Right. Um, so when they talked about Spartan today, it was really with an emphasis on the UI, the front end of it. Um, like, with the features that come in with it, like a note-taking mode that lets you write on the pages with a stylus, or you could type comments on with a keyboard. Um mm-hmm. And you know, okay, cool, but that doesn't strike me as like a, you know, a, a truly forward-looking next-generation uh, browser engine, which is kind of what we'd be hoping for. Actually, what I'd really be hoping for is like a, uh, you know, the domination of WebKit. Okay, it's over. Um, browser engine development is done. WebKit wins, <laughs> and <laughs> let's just move forward by putting cool stuff in front of it. But well, is Chrome and uh, Chrome a WebKit, or I don't think well, they it? they forked WebKit. Um okay. yeah, so they all they all have the same sort of fundamental grounding, but mm-hmm. yeah, my uh Google rather uh uh did a fork and now they're they're on their own with it. Mm. So um I guess the other one big announcement that I want to talk about with this Microsoft uh thing today was their augmented reality headset. Mm-hmm. Um a, a, a big nerdy ass set of goggles that you put on your <laughs> face and which draws onto the real scene in front of you using computer graphics uh, generated in real time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Microsoft posted a sort of a, a really slick-looking video uh, demonstrating how this technology would work. Um, you can think of it as virtual reality, true virtual reality in you know the the, the classic way of viewing it for, from a science fiction movie, where you have this thing on your face and... You can layer anything you want on top of the scene in front of you. Mm -hmm. And they demonstrated it in the video, uh, like putting something as banal as a television set on the wall, a blank wall, um, to building architectural models um, on a table in front of you, uh, to adding things like they had a motorcycle that was in pieces. And they they built like a a gas tank on top of this frame of a motorcycle and, and adjusted it in real time. Um, building models and then 3D printing it, um, playing Minecraft, having like an actual Minecraft world spread out in your living room, and mm. and inter- interacting with it, um, talking to a plumber, and mm. you know uh, getting actual like in-your-face indications about what parts of the pipes you should be messing with. Very interesting. It was a very cool <coughs> technology demo. Bless you, Mark. Bless you. Um, that, that is the sneeze of, holy crap, who cares about these technology demos? It's nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> or is it? Yeah, it is interesting. Um, but, you know, it should be said, <laughs> I should hasten to add, that Microsoft is famous for making really slick videos showing you how technology is going to look in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are laughably thin on delivering the actual device. Mm. So when I look at this, I'm like, okay, that's cool. I can see that, you know, like it may be with, if the implants were like in my eyes rather than on these dorky glasses. But, um, yeah, I can, I can imagine the future kind of heading that way. But do I believe that Microsoft is going to to deliver it? That is another question altogether. What did you Mm. guys think of it?
3: Well, I think it's worth pointing out that, uh, looking at the difference in the marketing video for that Microsoft has, and the demonstration video that they showed at um, at the event today, uh, you can notice the difference, right it's uh, It's not quite as slick, but y- you definitely get the idea. Uh, can you
1: talk about what what they showed at the actual event today?
3: Uh, I saw only a quick demonstration where uh, they brought a lady up, she put on the uh, glasses, and she could see um, I think it was like a presenter or something like a, a miniature version of the presenter. Kind of just standing there in front, hmm. right? So it gives you kind of that, uh, you know. We we've seen a lot of those phone apps that you could do the augmented reality if you hold yeah. over the certain symbol or, or image detection. But this one's it looks nifty because it's you know it's like a three D version, right? So it's got some depth to it that wasn't there with the the flat phone screens. Hmm.
1: How how responsive was it? Did you get a sense of like whether it was truly responsive or
3: I mean, for uh, like a V1 product, it'd look pretty good, but not not anywhere near as good as the marketing video. Mm. The marketing video cleans it up quite a bit, so it's not as uh, not as yeah. jittery. Right. I, I do think it's kind of interesting here with this, and that they've uh, approached something like a Google Glass, but they're not pretending that it's something you would take out into the world. Right, this one has dedicated uses here. You're at yeah, home, yeah. you're at the office, you're not walking around in a bar kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Or, or you're yeah. not swinging th- on a trapeze and, and all these other things. It's like, no, no, you're, you're using this in a very dedicated, focused way to get something accomplished that would be harder to do with other forms of media.
1: It's a tool. Exactly. And it's, uh, it's not something that's going to become part of your of, of, of everyone's everyday experience, not a part of the culture. Um, so it's a much in a, in a way, it's much more modest than what, than what Google has in mind. Uh, at the same time, it, it accomplishes so much more. Hmm. And instead of like a, a tiny little postage stamp, hard to see display in the periphery of your vision, uh, this takes over all of your vision. Well, we were talking about the, the
0: Google Glass just before the, we started recording. And um, Mark, you had mentioned that, that
4: it's gone away. Or it's going away. Yeah, at least uh, they made an announcement about that just this week or last week that they were yeah, stopping this week. shipping yeah. of it. Yep, Yeah, right.
1: that's the, the – he's talking about the Explorer program, which was this um, sort of experimental – You know, you can you can buy Yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh, I it it might be a beta. You know, this is Google, so why not? But um, the idea being that if you want to spend twelve hundred bucks and go through this, like you couldn't just walk off the street and buy one. I think you could for a limited time later on. But Mm. when it began, it was the the idea was that um, you had to apply for a program, and probably I think you had to be a developer of some kind because they wanted you to build apps for this platform. Um, so you paid your $1,200 and you got the glass thing. And so you were able to wear it around, but, um, in, in a lot of ways, it was never really a consumer available product really. it wasn't meant to be, um, it's a technology demonstration. So, um, you know, Mark's position I think is that, uh, it's done, it's over. I think the experiment failed. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure if that's true or not. And I think Google is, you know, not that we can take anything they say at face value, but, um, (laughs) You know, I think that's what they're saying as well. That you know, uh, the the explorer program's over, but um, you know, maybe we've got enough information now to make the product that we think will actually work in the world. Right. Having yeah, said that,
4: I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how it's been over where you guys are, but around here, there was definitely a a negative reaction to people wearing the glasses. Yeah. I, the kinda,
0: I, was, I, I had heard that. I heard that people Indisputably are, you know, having them ripped off and, and people were concerned about, you know, you really don't know what the guy's doing who's wearing the glasses who's looking right at you.
4: Right. Right. You know. Right. So I mean,
0: there were guys at WWDC wearing them and things like that, you know?
4: Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if Google just said, well, look, you know, we, we tried it and, uh, you know, the, the the world at large doesn't doesn't really want this, um, although a few people do. So, mm-hmm. uh Yeah, I mean, it may be back. We'll
3: see. It's worth pointing out that uh, Tony Fidel, who
4: was uh, acquired
3: when Google bought Nest and Mm -hmm. uh, used to work at Apple on the iPod, um, is going to oversee Google's glass division. Um, So it's interesting to see if maybe they might take what they learned and rethink what the next product would be.
1: That's what I think they're doing. Um, And I think that... um, I think they're quite cognizant of the social problems around Google Glass. Um, they have to be, right? <laughs> I mean, what kind of idiot wouldn't be? So they're going to... If they are still going to take a crack at it instead of kill it, like Mark suggests, and could be totally right, um, when they do come back with it, if they do come back with it, it's going to be something vastly different. It has to be.
4: Hmm. So... Yeah, I, I could see it being made into something that had very niche-specific applications. Uh, for example... You might have people on a, a factory floor or something like that wearing them, and it's obviously not as full featured it's not recording it's not doing any of this stuff uh that you know, that the current one does but it but it gives sort of heads up information about what's happening at that moment in that context and right. so you know it's not people walking down the street but if you're if you're in a work environment where you need to have this extra information, everybody's wearing one of these things then then it makes a makes a bit more sense to me, yeah. Hmm.
1: Like, it, it it strikes me as a tool for um, very, you know, industrial business sort of right. context, right? Yep. You know, and it, I think it's fascinating how, you know, if you compare Microsoft, or sorry, Google's approach to Apple's approach, right? Where, you know, Google's glass is a wearable technology that um, Apple's responding to, if you want to think of it that way, with a wristwatch, something that's, you know, completely analog and... Um, you know, doesn't stick out, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. Something that you can refer to sort of obscurely um, and is, is just always there and available. Sort of, you know, that's what Google Glass is, right? It's always there and available, but it trumpets its own presence in the world, right? Whereas a mm-hmm. wristwatch is, you know, obscure. It's it's hidden, It's but it's always at hand. And so it's, um, I think, very telling when Apple... Uh, comes up with this solution for what wearable technology is about, and it's diametrically opposed to both Google and Microsoft in a lot of ways.
2: Mm-hmm. But they're Microsoft's watch, I
1: mean. vision, yeah, their watch. Their watch compared mm-hmm. to the, the eyeglass thing, right? Um, dramatically different views. Yeah, there, not was as great, so, there, was,
0: there was a great talk I saw the other day, and it was at a, um, a like a, an iOS get-together in uh, Seattle, actually, um, and I'm just trying to find it right now, but it, but uh, the, the speaker was talking about watch, designing for watch, and his points were quite interesting that, you know, for instance, you're not, you, you know, you, if you're carrying around a big cat, for instance, and, you, and the phone rings, you can't, you know, put the cat down and it'll pull your phone out of your pocket and punch your, you know, serial or thing or use your touch ID to open the app and go and read the message. You know, that takes too much time, whereas if you can just look at your wrist and see, oh, Jaime's ready to do the podcast, um, kind of thing, like kind of we, like the way we get notices and, and glances and stuff like that. And, and it was a good, good sort of explanation as to what Apple's. It wasn't so much. He was sort of reading into what Apple's doing, but. Really well explained how and why you know the watch is doing what it's doing. It's not meant to replace the iPhone in any way. It's meant to just sort of be there as sort of an inter- information device, as opposed to trying to be a 3D goggle that you walk around and work on the size of your gas tank on your motorcycle the way that the Microsoft video just showed. Right. So yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, it's it augments yeah. what what's in your pocket. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess you know you could certainly say that uh, the the goggles are providing a a more uh, in depth and or enriched view of the world, um, but yeah. the technology's got to scale down quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's it's it'll be it'll be a weird day, I think, when uh, the sight of someone wearing these giant goggles is considered normal and acceptable.
0: Well, I think I saw a picture on I, I didn't realize what it was when I somebody had posted today uh, a picture of Barkley from. The next, yeah. Yeah, the next generation, yeah, next generation, standing <laughs> wearing one of them next to uh, next uh, um, Geordi, Geordi and Geordi getting upset about him being making fun of him, right? So <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, just not cool, not cool at but, all. And I don't know, like when I look at this announcement from Microsoft, it looks like um, they're throwing a lot of spaghetti at the wall here. I don't mm-hmm. know if you get that sense because, I mean, there were this, – this article that we're going to link in the show notes uh, is is from The Verge and entitled The Nine Biggest Announcements for Microsoft's Windows 10 event. Mm-hmm. Um, now, think about that. You're, you're a big a big company, and you get up on stage at, a, at a, an event of your own choosing, right? This isn't some CES thing where they have to be there to present the keynote. They're, they're there because they are ready with all of these announcements. And just sort of like Google too at their own I.O. events where they get up on stage and, and it's and Google's even worse, right? Because they mm-hmm. have to actually spread their keynote over two days to get it all out. Mm-hmm. And they just give uh, fifteen minutes to pretty much every product group in there that, that wants to have a crack at at fame, basically. Right. So I'm a little concerned for Microsoft's sake, when I look at this this huge spread of announcements out of which, mm, I don't know, maybe two or three, perhaps, will be relevant or even in the market uh, a year from now. So, I, I get worried for Microsoft for this, and 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 that's just a weird position for me to be in. <laughs>
0: oh, that really <laughs> is a weird position. That is a weird be. position.
1: So, you know, just just throwing that out there. I I hope that, you know, I hope Satya, my buddy, um, you know, can can get a little focus back. <laughs> Hey, Satya, buddy, listen. I know you're listening to my podcast. Mm. Bro, you've got to really focus, okay? You've got to get down <laughs> and just just put your attention where it belongs. And it's not on nine announcements in a single keynote address. It's too right, much. Right, right, right.
0: By the Wake way, up. I found that video uh, about the uh, from the Seattle X-Coders. It was designing for the Apple Watch by David Hong of uh, Black Pixel. That so, just figures. Um, I'll put that in the notes so p- if people want to check that out. Um, cool. And what else is going on with uh with Microsoft? I'm just going to go over shoot it look at let look at that article you're just talking about.
1: Uh in terms of what other announcements were there?
0: Yeah, yeah, was there anything anything else cool going on over I there? I think or? I
1: pretty much covered it. Um well, there was uh, another thing, the um uh they're bringing some component of their Xbox experience to the PC. Oh, really? Yeah, um, Xbox super popular, huge arcade game thing. I don't know anything about it. You heard of it? You heard of it? Yes. Um, You don't know anything about Xbox? Seriously? Well, I know I've heard of it, but my God, I don't care about it. I'm I'm not a you know much of an arcade player. So, um, so Xbox Live will now be available on the PC. So Uh, when I first heard that, I thought to myself, oh, cool. So like your computer could be like an Xbox. And so you can put your Xbox games into your PC Mm. somehow and play them. Hey, that's kind of cool. So just like Windows is everywhere, Xbox is everywhere. But no, I don't think that's what it is at all. I think it's just the part where you can chat and send messages and view activities and stuff.
0: Yeah, there's a lot going off uh, going on on the on the windows side. I mean, you know, um my son uh used to write reviews, so he's got PlayStation's and Xboxes and all that kind of stuff at his place and so we it's kind of a cross-platform gaming environment. And in fact, when I did the the course on 3D printing the other day, um you can take uh what's the thing called, the connect? Is that what it's called? Uh, yeah, uh-huh? yeah. Yeah, you can take a Kinect which reads infrared in 3D um, and you can actually hook it up to a Mac or or Windows machine with open source software and turn yeah. your Kinect into a 3D scanner. Yeah, very cool. So, yeah, so actually I got a scan of myself done and uh, printed it out on my printer and all that kind of stuff. It's really, really, you know so you you, nerdy
1: wait a sec you've got a little mini tim printed out mini tim Mm yep okay we need a picture of that (laughs) with the hat on and everything like that yeah for sure oh my god bring that on i want to see that so bad
0: (laughs) i actually printed out a a strap for my apple watch to the uh, the other day too i saw that i have a watch with a strap on it and it's cool yeah
4: Yeah. now if you only had the actual apple watch right
0: yeah, well, no, I can just, you know, I've got some Ray Winder, like, tool um, tutorials. I can just print them out on my color printer and just stick them on there and pretend I have an Apple Watch. Oh, oh my God, you're killing me. <laughs> well, I can use it, use it for, I can glance at it every now and then. Get it?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I see
0: what you did there.
2: You nerd! <laughs> hey, we, least, do
1: you think least we should I don't have, have pool? to pool?
0: At least I don't have to wear my Android tablet on my face with a cardboard thing
1: like you <laughs> No, you should do that. I think we should have a pool. For when we think the Apple Watch will be introduced, do we have any um, any any uh, opinions on that here?
0: Well, I'll tell you a little bit of insider insider insider
1: inside baseball.
0: Yeah, well, no, because there was a developer I was talking to uh, on one of the on the one of the groups I hang out with, and uh, he was saying he was told to get a bunch of stuff ready for for the first of the year, right? So, January first. Well, that was, you know, get the apps ready now. And it was probably for, uh, he thought it might be because there would be another announcement coming soon. But I heard March.
1: Do you guys hear March?
3: I've heard March.
0: Mm -hmm. I've heard
1: April. Yeah. I've heard February. I think that covers all the next three months. Yeah, Hmm. but it's too
3: big, though. So when I heard, you know, back in October and Apple said early 2015, to me, that meant sometime before March 31st. So, looking at yeah. my calendar, yeah. I'm going to claim yeah. that March 10th, which is the second Tuesday of March. Uh,
1: always with the Tuesday launches, March yes. March 10th, mm-hmm. wow. Very mm-hmm. good. March 10th, I like that. I like that. I would love to see it in February. Who wouldn't love to see a February launch? Really? 17th mm-hmm. of February. I'm going hmm.
0: with. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I think that's a bit early. I think that's a bit early. <laughs> Um, hmm. All I know is I'm looking at my wrist and I don't see
4: any watch there. No,
1: you don't. <laughs> I think so, March.
4: March actually makes a lot of sense uh, if you think about the, uh, that. That's uh, roughly halfway between the Christmas season and the the iPhone summer release season. Well, don't
0: forget the iPad came out on August, uh, April 4th. I think it was right. So yeah, but yeah, then yeah, they
4: quickly it moved it back January. to uh, you know to a to a late year. Release right. I mean, it, it didn't last long in in uh, spring, so they need something in spring to. I mean, every year for the past few years, there has been this whole, you know, a dearth of new products for the uh, for the first half of the year. Mm-hmm. So maybe this will fill that in.
1: God, I hope so. Mm. You know? Apple is so mm. boring in the first half of the year. Yeah, mm. I'm getting sick of it. So yeah, if we don't get the 12 inch <laughs> MacBook Air, then yep. an so Apple and you're going Watch. To win-
0: you're going to Windows, right? Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> you know it's funny process. i just had that thought tonight about how we <laughs> how we've
1: been complaining so hard about the macintosh and about how apple's crapping itself on quality and yeah. i'm like what are you going to do go to windows come on Give yeah me a break exactly.
3: no exactly
1: so i want to same thing yeah. yeah sorry go ahead. Oh, i was going
3: to say i, I want to talk about a certain point that you brought up about microsoft working on a ton of things and it's kind of interesting so when i look at each of these announcements in isolation. Uh, I see some interesting things that are being done here. So, um, let's say like bringing Cortana to, um, you know, the voice assistant to the desktop, that's kind of a natural extension in considerably easier to do on a desktop than it is on the phone. So that seems like a natural migration. Um, the hollow lens, the augmented reality set is interesting in that it's a new area for them, but kind of, uh, it's less ambitious and and potentially maybe even more successful um, than some of its competitors like Google glass because it's less ambitious. So I, I I wouldn't say that uh, as a example, I wouldn't say that the Microsoft band that came out in the, during the holidays has been a, you know, raging success. Um, But it wasn't trying to take on the smartwatches, right? It's really kind of more of an upgraded Fitbit, um, you know, health tracking device. So maybe mm-hmm. that does okay for them and doesn't drain too many resources for them as a, a grand proclamation.
1: It's modest. Yeah. I'm not sure that uh, the HoloLens is is modest. I, I look at that and I think of something quite ambitious, far-reaching.
3: So it seems like it has impact, uh, you know, potential really far-reaching impact. Um, but in terms of number of people that worked on it, I guess fewer than 100. Oh, Okay. I think they'd be really smart people. Don't get me wrong. It's probably took up like a whole research division over at Microsoft, but they're (sighs) an enormous company. They're significantly Mm -hmm. bigger, you know, in terms of headcount than Apple. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, from an engineering standpoint, at least, um, if you're not counting like the Apple store employees and stuff.
1: Indeed. Indeed. And we know that Apple is engineer poor. Right.
3: And, And some of the other things that they've done, um, are, are kind of a bit more ambitious, even though they're somewhat more, you know, boring or, or less flashy, like having windows, the one windows everywhere, uh, which is something we, we don't even have on the Mac, right? Like not to say that it's a good idea to try to turn the Mac Probably. and iOS into one thing, uh, but you can't seamlessly create one app that, you know, just uses size classes to realize that it's on a desktop or that it's on a, a tiny watch.
1: It's got a certain appeal to that, don't you think?
3: <laughs> Conceptually, yes. It's like, oh, wow, well, yeah, it should just morph into you know whatever I need. And as a developer, I don't really have to care too much unless I want to do something that's kind of off the beaten path.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I don't know what's going to happen there. I mean, I think that um, both companies are sort of racing forward with their own ideologies. Sometimes I wonder if they aren't going to end up in the same place.
3: Yeah, it makes you know? a lot of sense and i'm really know, glad to see that they're you know with the xbox integration it's about dang time that they made use of one of their advantages that neither one of their competitors has gosh the language yeah. coming from you holy cow i mean the x- ears are burning I mean, the xbone is something that you know neither google <laughs> nor apple has. he said xbone yeah well in in gaming circles it's the x yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> So it feels like Microsoft's finally realizing that it had all of these enormous assets. And it's like, oh, what if we put them together? Maybe they can be greater than the sum of the parts. Yeah, We've got this Azure thing. We're really good at web services. Not as good as Google. Way better than Apple. Um, Totally. We've got this gaming property. It's like, okay, well, Sony can't create an operating system and integrate it into phones and everything else as well as we can. So we can take on them there. They, they have mm-hmm. all of these great things, they, but literally the only thing they can't do is create their own content, right? Because they're, they're not Sony with music and movies coming out. It's the only weakness that they really have that they completely can't do anything about.
1: Yeah, it's interesting.
0: Yeah, there's some pretty interesting things happening on Xbox. In fact, I, and speaking of Sony and, and that, I heard um, on Isometric that um, the next Tomb Raider um, release is going to be Xbox only. Did you hear that? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that's kind of a a departure, especially when when it's a title that that Sony has sort of been behind the whole time, right? So, and it's a huge franchise. It was like the number one game last year, right? So, in 2013.
1: Yeah. Do we, we ever get like follow up? You know, like do people come yeah. back to us with questions and stuff like
0: that? Yeah. Um, well, we we get our buddy uh, uh, Fouad sends us stuff all the time.
1: Um, what did he sent us the other day. Oh, the this thing Duolingo about- thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. He, that was his. I did read this. I read this uh, earlier. Um, yeah, gosh. I think yeah. um, it. It's it, it probably. It. I think it reiterates a lot of what I had to say about Swift uh, in that long past show of ours. Um, mm-hmm. Where you know, on the whole, they like Swift. It's good. It's nice fun to work with, but the tooling, again, is problematic. Um, so I'm not sure if that this article provides any uh, new insight. Mm. Except they get into oh. some of the things that scare the hell out of me about Swift, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Optionals, generics.
0: But it, well, I mean, it's, inter- it's interesting to see, though, that, that, you know, for all the developers that are, that are working purely in Swift, and, and I was working with one working on an app today is we're all saying the same thing. It, it interesting language to work with. It has all kinds of neat features in it. It's more modern in some ways than Objective-C is obviously, but it's the Xcode, the source kit crashing, the uh, inability to debug it's the environment that makes it makes it tiresome, you know. And then, of course, you've noticed slowdowns. Mark's noticed slowdowns. I noticed slowdowns today, even though I'm working on a really small app. You know, the, that's the that's the one thing. Even in the Duolingo um, article, they talk about writing their their. It's not Duolingo; it's their their companion app, right? Yeah. Um, what's it called? Um, Test, Center. Shout out. Test, Test Center. Test Center is written purely in Swift. But at the very bottom of it, there's like a paragraph where they sort of you know they they kind of go, oh yeah, and the source kit crashing, and the you know horrible environment. And, and the fact you can't debug and yeah. you know, there's no no refactoring today, you know.
1: Kind of I, I can't backwards. help but think, yeah, like they, the attitude here in the article is very positive about Swift and using it yeah. in a project. But, um, you know, the reality that, that comes through, in, and they're fair, they're even handed here, mm-hmm. um, makes makes it, to me, impossible to work with. Because, you know, having the compile times being so crazy – uh, mm-hmm. means that you have to you 're just spending so much more time iterating on your code than you normally would be if it were objective c right um, and again you know the the very issues that uh, that you know prompted this whole discussion um, are the ones that uh, I ran into again today you know on the job that i 'm working on i I had to start working on a a fairly simple object that had been written in swift mm-hmm. it was a um, a custom transition manager for, uh, you know, animations switching between UI view controllers. Mm -hmm. And um, this, this uh, class was just managing the transition. So it wasn't a huge class, but um, as you could imagine, you're sort of twiddling the knobs on how the the animation works and, you know, you want to change a value rebuild. And because it was written in Swift, oh, okay. I just changed this number and now I've got to wait two minutes watch to see if it's what i want nope didn't want that okay try oh, really, this yeah? number. Yeah, yeah yeah so i literally I, 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 had there to a rewrite tip, it there
0: was a tip on the on the Wonderlick group the other day um, and I, I don't i haven't tried it so i don't know if it will work but maybe you can try it when you see it happening I already they were it. saying that they were saying that when the index <laughs> well i know you threw it out but they're saying when, when it's indexing it seems to take a long time but there's a way you can click on the on the 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 box at the top where when it says it's indexing and tell it to stop indexing, and that speeds up the compile time.
1: Okay, yeah. Um, I know the indexing that you're talking about, but yeah, um, yeah. no, this is like it's literally it's recompiling everything. Like I, I, I've i said it before, a huge project, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, um, it just I think it's just not the same as what most people are dealing with. Yeah,
3: yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I think it's an extreme example.
3: Hey, so a couple things here. So, I think. Uh, in terms of the article itself, there's, um, it, to me, I think you're right that it, it reiterated on some of the the points that we brought across. Um, this was just, you know, one other vendor's view of things. And I think it was pretty mm-hmm. balanced. It was, um, it was not rah, 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 Swift. And it wasn't gloom and doom, ah, uh, Swift sucks either. It was pretty mm-hmm. much, you know, they, they found its strengths and weaknesses in their particular area. And... Uh, in terms of that whole hype cycle thing, it kind of feels like we 've gone past the peak of uh, inflated expectations. Uh, I think we 're coming right out of the trough of disillusionment, so we should be hopefully somewhere in that slope of enlightenment <laughs> area here, I'm looking at Wikipedia what, at the what are we
1: talking about have you ever have
3: you never seen this? It was like from Gartner right where it 's like, oh wow, like. Service-oriented architecture, this is everything. Like, this solves all your problems. Oh, no, it sucks. It can't do anything. It's like, oh, no, actually, this is, here's where it can be applied. It's not the silver bullet, right?
1: Okay. So so I feel like we're
3: coming out of that. And and I think a lot of people, like, kind of, I think, agree that, like, Swift's as a language is really good. Yeah. All this other stuff around Swift, not so good. And hopefully that gets addressed, you know, pretty soon, uh, you know, WWDC at the latest.
1: Gotta be.
0: Yeah, but you know what? It's it's the same thing. It's the same thing we see every every year. I mean, you know, three years ago, Git implementation in Xcode was crap, and then you know they they made some tweaks to it, and they got a huge applause at, at uh, WWDC, and it and it's much better now than it had been. But you still need to go to the command line every now and then and and do stuff. So that's an example of something that's being integrated into the IDE that we're using every day, which is which is Xcode. Right. um over time these sort of things get ironed out you know or improved or more made better you know arc was another example too we talked about that um a couple of weeks ago with um garbage garbage collection be- getting eclipsed by by arc and then everybody going ah scratching their head about arc and then storyboards come along and we start scratching our heads about that you know right and now it's size classes and and uh, auto layout right
3: so mm-hmm.
1: well i think actually know? auto layout's an excellent example because um that's a technology Apple debuted that sucked mm-hmm. really bad. Like it was yeah. terrible, right? Yep. Um implemented in Xcode five, it was really difficult to work with and I think most developers who knew what they were doing just stayed away from it. But yeah. Now yeah. I think, you know, it's not perfect, but it is certainly more reliable. And yeah. I'm I'm hoping the same thing happens for Swift and all the build tools around it.
0: It has yeah, to be my, fa- my favorite feature in, in auto in uh, in the storyboards is is the reset to suggest constraints. Drop them oh my
1: on.
0: god! You don't actually <laughs> do that, do you? No, I, I do. And I, when I'm doing simple layouts, I start off with there, and then I go and do the customized stuff. Because oh no, it no, can no, be no. it can be a disaster. Yeah, that's not no, what I do. It, actually, it actually helps. <laughs> well, you, you know, I already have gray hair; I don't need any more. <laughs>
3: uh, so, uh, the thing that I put in the chat, which I, we should probably include in the show notes, um, sure. to solve Aaron's specific problem. So, if you're mm-hmm. having to do something where, oh, I really would like to try out this animation and iterate on it and try to see, you know, should it be three seconds for this animation? 1.5, 1.7 seconds, you know, how springy should it be? Um, Mm -hmm. And and with the Swift compiler not being, you know, Swift. (laughs) 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 Um, I would say use something like Facebook Tweaks. And you don't have to yeah. ship your production code with it, but just no, while you're no. trying to get nailed down this this whole thing, um, I mm-hmm. included a raywenderlich.com tutorial on using Facebook tweaks with uh, Swift. So they do a whole bridging header and a couple other things. Mm-hmm. And that seems like I it's when this came out, yeah. Because I've used uh, tweaks before and it's been really handy, particularly if you wanted to uh, hand something off to you know a product manager and say, hey check this animation out and like, oh, too springy. Okay, well, here, shake the phone, tweak this value, yep. come back to me after lunch and let's talk about what you finally liked. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, this is such a great piece of software. Uh, I will definitely give this a look.
0: So it's interesting, just in terms of some of the feedback we got, we got a comment on, the, on our um, uh, website from Neil North talking about uh, his experience with Swift. Uh, yeah, aside from SourceKit making my life a language hell, the language itself is debugging is fairly reliable since one point one. Um, yeah, it's the same sort of stuff. And then uh, there was another uh, comment on the uh, on the, the the site in general, and that was a, a kind of a pet peeve of mine is sometimes we we talk about stuff as if everybody does know what we're talking about and they don't. Um, so the, the person Chris Haw- Hawkins had asked for some more examples, like he was we were talking uh, a couple of shows back, I think uh, episode eleven, which is like that's deep in the past, I think, right? Uh, About the app store reviews issues that people have been having. And he'd he'd like to see some more or hear some more examples of that kind of stuff. So when we bring in these things up, maybe we could sort of cover those off. So do we want to talk about the uh, logo contest we talked about the other day or a couple of weeks ago?
1: Logo contest
0: yeah you will have to, to like refresh my memory I mean yeah, for no, new listeners ideas. what are you talking <laughs> about <laughs> i was i mark you weren't in mark were involved because you don't go on twitter but um <laughs> i was i was uh I was playing around with some ideas for just uh some uh, T-shirt ideas that 's what it was right we were talking about Billy oh
1: ideas. for ourselves
0: uh yeah for the show yeah of course oh, okay right? And, all right and, and uh so of i course. threw i threw a sort of captain America kind of you know red, white, and blue thing and Aaron sort of Growned. Yeah, I groaned because you didn't like the red, white, and blue. And then I said USA, USA, USA. And I got a retweet from Jaime, so I knew that was a good thing to say. Murica. Uh, <laughs> Murica. And, and, <laughs> Murica, yeah. And then you guys sort of, <laughs> then you both sort of said, well, why don't we have a, a t shirt con- or a logo contest and we can put it's it up all there? It's all coming really.
1: back to me now.
0: So we can put it out. Let's 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 do this, okay? So guys, uh, you know, I'll I'll put aside my BFA and and my my pride as an artist and say, you know, we're going to open it up to our listeners. If you guys want to send us some ideas for uh, something, a logo for our show that would look decent on a T-shirt, you know, something simple. Um, and then we can we can start uh, creating t-shirts for people who want to follow along the show and we'll put them up on patreon for people who you know give a certain level of money maybe you know whatever we can do get more get some get some chotchkes going for the show so there tchotchkes. you go so let's so let's uh let's call for, call for submissions guys um all right so are we are we going to wrap it up
1: yeah totally let's do pics
0: all right, so we'll go around the table as we do every week, and we'll see if anybody has any picks. And I'm going to start with Aaron. Got any picks?
1: Con. That's, that's my pick. Con. Oh, Khan,
0: right. Khan, the Khan, Khan, Khan.
1: Academy. The, didn't you, mm. you didn't get that. Um, I did.
0: I did get it, yes. I did. Oh,
1: man. Oh, okay. Khan Academy is a company in the States um, that puts together uh, videos to help you learn things um, mm-hmm. from... The most basic of math up to particle physics and everything in between explained uh, the guy Khan <laughs> not that con but the a really nice con who no. I've forgotten his name his first name he's uh, he does these videos and uh, it's exploded in popularity and become an actual company with a website that produces tons and tons and tons of videos that that help you learn all kinds of different things like. Essentially, to um, to replace the need for schooling, if you want to think of it that way. Um, so, they've had an iPad like, app it for it like a while. Is it like a Kumon?
0: Is it like a Kumon idea where it where it helps kids do extra extracurricular studying?
1: Well, I think it is supposed to replace a normal school curriculum in oh, yes, the subjects it? that it yeah. covers. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, let me get to this. Like, this is uh, an iPad app that they've they've had an iPad app for a while, but just this week they shipped an update to it that for the first time includes 100% of the content that's on the Khan Academy website. And, um, the, the course material, um, is not actually like insanely broad. Like it doesn't cover, um, you know, like Shakespeare, for example, or, or, Mm -hmm. or many humanities. It seems much more oriented towards math and science, Mm -hmm. economics and finance. They do have some arts and humanities. I'm, I'm browsing through the thing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not as as regimented as, say, the math curriculum, which is here, which goes from early math to grade three, four, five, six, seven, eight, up through arithmetic, algebra, like the whole gamut of mathematics. Mm-hmm. Um, which is cool for me because you know I wouldn't mind learning some mathematics. Start at grade four; that's about as good as I am right now, and then crank up through. <laughs> um, and the idea is that the each each uh, subject area has a guided tour of videos that you can watch to take you through the entire curriculum. Hmm. Now, um, so it's, it's a really terrific resource. And if you create an account and sign in, then you can actually, uh, track your progress. Um, and you know, keep your place in certain videos and come back to it again. Um, the only thing it really like doesn't have is uh, a way to t- sort of test your knowledge. Um, hmm. so like it, it really does seem to be just videos. Um, Hang on a second. I'm just uh, proving myself wrong here. Yeah, there actually are some lessons um, where you can actually write le- uh, answers in um, to a field here. So, like, I'm looking at um, perimeter problems uh, for grade three mathematics
2: mm-hmm.
1: where you can look at the uh, a, s- a square and have to calculate the perimeter of the square and then write it in. Right. So, so if, if every side is two centimeters long, this five-sided object has, you know... 10 centimeters and i've written it by hand and it's say yay good (laughs) pretty cool um so it's um a very broad and uh very interesting tool it seems geared towards uh children especially in the mathematics areas Mm -hmm. um but you know it's it's really for anyone who who wants to uh sort of learn more about things that they you know, missed in school, say. Right. Um, I had a couple crashes while I was watching uh, some of these videos earlier today, um, but I'm sure they'll they'll come up with updates. Uh, there are a lot of smart people I know working at the Khan Academy, so um, I'm sure they're going to be all over it. But a very compelling piece of software, and free cool. in the app store.
0: And, and so the whole the whole Khan Academy, whether you do it on the Mac or on on, on uh, iPad, is free, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a totally free resource. God knows where they get their money from.
0: By the way, his name is Salman Khan. Salman Khan, yep. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyway. um, Okay. So, uh, Jaime, do you have any picks?
3: Yeah, I do. So, um, the reason for my pick, uh, just to put a Mm. historical date on this episode, uh, here in the United States, our president had the State of the Union address and uh, kind of put me in a presidential mood. I found this game called Super Secret Service, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's done in the style of this, like, really over-the-top Murica kind of uh, design style for the characters, and uh, it, actually, a lot of the, the art looks like old Data East arcade games, like, uh, say, like, Bad Dudes, right, when you'd see the, here's how many people have played this game, and here's the scores they have. And in any case, right. it's a pretty simple game, so... The president is giving a speech of some sort, and you are the secret service, and you can tap left or tap right to have one of two agents jump in front of debris that is being thrown by the audience at the president. Like the a point. shoe. Yeah, like a yeah. shoe, um, <laughs> you know, bowling balls, soccer balls, toasters, I think I've seen. Okay. So it's, it's a pretty nifty little neat mechanic. It's a fun little time waster.
2: Hmm.
0: Well, that's good. Another time waster from Jaime.
2: Cool.
3: <laughs> Got to do something while you're waiting I mean, in line a target, man. I mean, Tim Hortons.
1: <laughs> what is this target of which he always talks? <laughs> tell you, Jaime, you must love your, your old school classic arcade games. Like, iOS is like a wet dream for you, isn't it? It's great. They just
3: keep bringing them all back. Yeah. And creating new ones <laughs> in that style. It's like the late yeah, 80s, early 90s never stopped.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're trying things in a different way. Mark, do you have anything this week?
4: Yeah, I've got one that's uh, just kind of a useful little app to save you a little bit of time. It's called Order Ahead, uh-huh. and uh, you open it up, and it just gives you a list of what's nearby in terms of restaurants and things like that. So you can order take, you can order you know food for pickup, or or they'll deliver, or things like that. It's just kind of nice to have it uh, have everything kind of in one place. And if cool. you're if you need a quick lunch or something, and you you know you need to uh you're limited on time you just kind of go in there and say you know you go to rice plus rice and noodles which happens to be kind of nearby where i live and you click on um i want a banh me sandwich and it says it'll be ready in 10 minutes and you go in, and you get it cool it's called uh like i said it's called order ahead I, I wonder if it's only it.
0: available in the United States as well. Yeah, I wonder.
4: <laughs> so I've used it both in, in uh, the Bay Area, where I am now, and in L.A., and it seems to work pretty well in both places. It has places that you wouldn't think would be on it because just a little hole in the wall kind of placed down the street. Sure. But yet sure. they're
1: there. Yeah, it's not, not available in Canada anymore. Uh, too bad. I think so, it's owned so by... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you such a jerk.
0: You know they, they they describe Target as uh, as a you know a really long pregnancy and a, and a, and a disappointing baby here in Canada. So, um, Jaime, do you want to uh, give uh, Jerica, a friend of the show, Jerica, a shout out? She mentioned her because speaking of food type apps, right? Mm-hmm. Um, have
3: you looked at uh, I? Not, is it I Nacho and Pizza Splat? So I've used I Nacho. I have to admit, I have not gotten around to using Pizza Splat um yeah the way so i think you you sent me a splat maybe you should be talking about this more yeah i know
0: right? i i did well it's pretty much uh, that's all i could figure out what you can do with it is basically splat people with pizza but uh or, or you could you can set up a different pizza and you can you can sort of send it over to them but i tried the i nacho thing but of course it doesn't work up here in north of the border so maybe you could talk about that
3: okay so i nacho is um a focused app based on the love of nachos See, the idea is, you know, it, it might be kind of hard to search for just nachos on something like Yelp or Urban Spoon and get something even halfway decent. But if you're folks like us who have used that app, you can go out to your local area and if you happen to be using, or sorry, if you happen to be eating nachos, you could take a picture, you know, write a quick review and say, wow, this one's pretty good pretty cheesy but not enough beans needs more meat Mm -hmm. you know that sort of thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a a connoisseurs kind of app and i think that's actually how we ended up meeting at 360 idev also many times yeah we well we were
0: talking about this the other day you and i after the show last time was uh was yeah jaime and i met going out for nachos on on the first day uh, before the the uh, 360 idea started, and we met on Glassboard, and, and we were just lamenting the other day that uh, Glassboard going away has kind of left a hole for the uh, the whole conference going um, public, as it were. Uh, but, I, but I think it probably does open a, a hole for other people as well. We were talking about whether, whether Slack would be a replacement for that or not. So have you guys used Slack? Mark, you've,
4: you've used Slack, right? I have used Slack, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, in a, yeah, in a business context, not more, not so much in a uh, conference context. It, it works pretty well. No, I
0: don't, yeah. yeah I, don't th- I don't think Slack is
1: a free app That's the thing, or a free
0: service mm-hmm. you have to pay for. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. So
1: I think it's free like, for up to 10 users in a company. It's it's meant for company use. It's not meant for yeah. conferences. Sure, I just don't yeah. see how it could be used for a conference. It can't replace Glassboard as far as I know.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was my concern because it, I, I can't
1: think of anything off the top of my head that –
3: is so easy to use like Glassboard and, and was so focused on like, or at least focusedly useful for conferences. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. Skype and HipChat, and I've not personally used Slack, but it sounds like it probably is not appropriate for a conference, you know, just pricing wise. Uh, And and I was kind of wondering if the onboarding experience was as easy as Glassboard. I mean, Glassboard, as long as you have the conference code, you can join. Right, And you leave just yeah. as easily.
1: Yeah, I think it would be up to the organizers of the conference to acquire the licensing for glass uh for Slack and then Possibly. You know, yeah, and then set up the groups. I just I I I don't know. I think it might be possible, but I don't think it's really meant for that use case. Speaking of
0: conferences, uh, I was just chatting with Dan Byers from NS North just just before the show, and apparently sales are going pretty pretty good for the for the conference. Did, Jaime, did you decide if you're going to come to the Great
3: North? So I would definitely love to come, and I just haven't yeah. purchased my you know my tickets and my reservations uh, for the right. hotel yet because I just need to double check with my management that that works out oh, timing wise cool. and everything. Sure. Yep,
0: yep, yeah. Yep.
3: Yeah. Yeah. If I go, totally I'll be paying. If I go, I'll definitely try to go, um, like a day early and probably stay a day late just so I don't mm-hmm. feel quite as rushed and get a little bit of uh, more of the true yeah. Canadian experience. I think you put it last time.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> don't know what yeah. that would be.
3: Mount Royal Mounties and moose. Yeah. And, and Beavers. Poutine. Loons. And yeah, loons. Yeah. loons and beavers. Yeah. hmm
0: Well, who knows? Maybe my cottage will be open and come up for your day up there and listen to the loons on the lake. Mm-hmm. Um... I have a pick, uh, but I was having a little trouble inviting you guys to it. It's uh, an app that um, my celebrity buddy uh, introduced me to yesterday, um, and it basically is uh, I, you know with when you when you're online, you're tweeting and you're doing texting and stuff like that. And and he he does a lot. He sends me messages a lot. Um, he was introduced to this by another celebrity who uh, it's called Cyberdust, and what it is is it's for texting or sending messages to each other. Um, and you, you invite your friends to be, uh, it's kind of like a friend social networking app, but the messages you send each other are, they're like the secret messages you get in mission impossible. They, they self-destruct after a certain period of time. So, you know, they, they stay waiting around for you when you, when you go into the app. Uh, but after, you know, after you look at them, you, I think you have like 60 seconds before they start to disappear. So it's kind of an interesting way if you want to have a private conversation with somebody that, you know, like, you know, we were, d- we were talking about passwords for his devices and that's the kind of stuff you want to send back and forth and not know that it's, you know, out there in the world for a long time and being backed up somewhere and who knows what, right? So that's called CyberDust and if I can figure out how to invite you guys into it or if you just want to jump on it and uh, because I can tweet about it, but I don't know if I want to necessarily tweet to the entire world that I'm on, I'm on CyberDust because that kind of defeats the purpose, right? Um, but that was my pick for the week, um, and that's about it.
3: So hmm. is that kind of like Snapchat? Based on the description,
0: I think so. Yeah, I haven't really looked at Snapchat, and, and it, again, it, it's not the kind of thing that I would necessarily go for myself as, as an app. I wouldn't go out of my way to look for this. But you know, like he's a, he's a dude that you know he he all of his com- communications, as you know, are, are all done online. He uses Twitter a ton. Uh, the best way to get a hold of him, if you ever, you know, is, is not leave him a voicemail or whatever, because he's always busy with stuff. And so we send him a send him a text message, and um, he he does generally reply that way. Best of all, um, and yeah, so this is this is just another level that he can take his his chatting, you know, another tool he can use for that purpose. But know that it's not going to be out there forever to come back and haunt him, you know. As we know, in Canada, sometimes that can be a problem for our celebrities.
1: Ooh, zing, <laughs> zing, celebrity buddy. I, I celebrity. would, of course,
4: caution any potential users that nothing really goes away once you put it out there. Uh, having no, I know you exactly that, that we're yeah, uh, I, doing that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. yeah I kind of wonder too about that, as myself, as you know, because we, we, Mark and I worked on a couple of apps where together where we've and you've we've worked on some of yourselves that. Um, you know, you, there's there's a server there in between that's sending the message and, and you're using push notification and all that kind of stuff. You know, if you're using push notification, it's going to Apple servers. And didn't Apple say they're keeping things for two years kind of thing, a couple of years ago, like last year or something like that? Wasn't there an announcement like that?
1: Well, the fact is, if you can't control the server that your communications are going through, then you can't yeah. know. Yep, in exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Yeah, so nothing's nothing super safe. Anyway. And we're all screwed, and spam will never go away until, until people stop using Windows. That's my opinion. Um, uh, again, I was dealing with I was dealing with spammers today. I thought I was done with that, and then when I when I when I looked at the source of this of the spam was coming from France and China and Montreal, and yet it was always coming from a Windows PC. So, shocker! I rest my case. Your witness. Alrighty, so that's it for the week, and so Aaron, if people wanted to find you on the interwebs, where
1: would they look? They would look on their computers, and they would go to Twitter, and they would find me at twitter.com slash Aaron
0: Okay, and
1: Jaime, if
3: people wanted to find you, how would they do that? At of the hair and com.
4: And Mark, how about you? It's Mark R at smapsop.com.
0: And once again, I am Tim Mitra, and I am Tim Mitra on Twitter as well. And I'm also on Cyberdust. So there you go. Um, it's out there now. Uh, yeah so we'll say g- uh, goodbye this week and we'll see you guys next week well,
1: goodbye, goodbye this bye. week goodbye bye.
0: if you want to find out more about the show you can visit the more than just code website at mtjc.fm there you can find a summary and show notes of each episode we list links to the items we talked about on the show as well as links to the apps on the app store if you like the podcast please leave a comment on the website or if you can please write a review on iTunes. It really helps others find out about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter. Once again, the podcast Twitter account is at mtjc underscore podcast. If you'd like to support us, you can pledge any amount on patreon.com slash mtjc. You can provide as little as a dollar a month. Any amount helps. However, you're free to do as you please. Thanks again for listening. So That's kind of interesting. We're getting some, uh, with and um, uh, Mark, I'm getting some uh, echo bouncy kind of stuff happening.
1: But with me, you're not, right? You're crystal clear. I know, because I'm trying something new tonight. Oh, what's that? I have a blanket over my head. <laughs> a what? You heard me. A blanket? It's well, I'll t- nice I'll tell you and you toasty. Something.
0: I'll tell you. I'll tell you something. A couple of things. Like one one of the recordings we did about two weeks ago. Um, there must have been like a, um, a drug bust outside of Jaime's house.
1: Yes, as usual.
0: Because because there was the you know there was the the sirens and there was a plane flying overhead and it'd be interesting to see what happens with the with the blanket over your head.
1: Well, that's that's part of the reason I'm trying the blanket over my head is that uh, I do get some odd background. I'm in the basement, right? So uh, the furnace yeah. is literally. Uh, <laughs> Well, it's not crunkling like all the papers on your desk, um, but...
0: No, that's, that's me trying to get a trough level. Oh, I know here.
1: what it is.
0: Well, so, so the guideline is when, uh, when I'm looking at the levels in Final Cut Pro, they say that the level should be between, between 6 and 12, and that's kind of where I try to... I mix you guys to the point where you're sort of there, and then I, then I don't really mess with it. I take the ums and the coughs and the people shuffling out, and that's about it, right, on the first pass. And then, because I mean, look at look at the bright side. I you guys only have to listen to this podcast once or twice. I listen to it <laughs> like four times. <laughs> That's why and you can pay the ad, big bucks, Tim. Well, then that adds insult to injury. Sometimes see my gain's way too high because I'm I'm peaking a lot. Yeah, but um, similar. sometimes I'm gonna yeah I don't know uh, I don't know. The very first time we recorded Jaime though the gain was way too high remember that, hi, huh, man?
1: Yep. I'm
3: going to move mine to maybe 9 o'clock.
1: Ah. Mark's just sitting there going, you guys are idiots. I don't know. I, I don't here. have a good that's, that's, on mine.
4: Can you hear you me? You know what?
0: Yeah, we hear you. Yeah. Um, but Mark generally sits back there and goes, what are these three guys talking about? Yeah,
1: right <laughs> that's what I imagine anyway. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You know, is this podcast over yet?
4: <laughs> I do have to admit there have been times when I've been writing code during the podcast. <laughs> Not usually, though. Not usually. you got to step away from code. the keyboard, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: speaking of writing code, today I was uh, I was uh, working – I decided to write my first uh, purely Swift app. What a mistake. And I'm using Alamo Fire instead of uh, AF networking.
1: As you should if you're writing a pure Swift app.
0: Yeah, well, of course – yeah, no no bridging headers for me.
1: No, no. Not anymore. I just converted another Swift file to Objective C today. <laughs> so I'm Did striking you... back for the good guys today. Ah, all right. Okay. So, Thank you guys, you. you
4: still use AF networking? Why not just use NSURL session? I'm curious. Uh, I like the because... block
1: based uh, callback oh, stuff sugar. for uh, AF networking myself. Yeah, but I have it you know, one place. Yeah, but
4: nice. URL session and URL connection have had that for years. The blocks? Uh, for
1: yeah. For passing back? Yeah. Oh yeah. I was not familiar with that.
4: Years. Years and years. How long? Hmm. Years and years well, and years. <laughs> Almost decades. No, wait, wait, how long? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a second. I'm opening up a picture here. But it is kinda of funny that Microsoft just today announced new glasses after the day after or a couple of days after Google canceled theirs. Did they cancel it outright? Yeah. Yeah. As a uh, consumer product, well, the- of course they're say- yeah, of course they're saying, Oh yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna come back with a new version, but you know. Do you think mind. they won't? Like, is that what you're thinking? I think they will not. I think this is an, huh. a, a way for them to face-savingly get out of the business.
1: Huh? Hmm. Oh, I wonder.
4: Uh, I, I mean, it's been pretty much complete failure as a product, right?
1: Well, but it's not a product per se. I mean, it's they, they have this Explorer program, right? So I'm not yeah, even sure but, if you want to call it a, yeah. a commercial attempt. Even I think it was just a an a, you know <laughs> uh, an sure. experiment, really.
4: Yeah, I, I think they thought it would do better than it did.
1: Have you Have you tried it? Nope. I had a chance to wear one. Um, and yeah, I, I can see why it didn't work out because it sucks. Um, yeah. Oh, the, really? Oh, yeah. Like the, the, the one thing that you could never know or understand until you put one on is how that little display in the top right of your field of view works. Yeah. Um, and it's just like a little glass cube, you know, mm-hmm. where they project the image. And right. trying to get a sense of of exactly how that works and how it's perceived in your field of view uh, is something that you never really understand until you put the thing on and it turns out, I never saw anybody talk about this either. It's weird, but yeah. um it sucks like it really, really sucks. Well, I want to ask you something because because
0: okay. this is a thing that I've thought about uh, now that you've actually worn one, and that is that um well, you wear glasses, right? yeah. And, and, and what is that is that for reading? Is that for distance?
1: For what, distance. Yeah, I, I wear it? it for everything, but uh, increasingly okay. as I get older, it's to look far, not near.
0: <laughs> right. So so my qu- my question about that particular device is if it's hanging so close to your eye, are you able to focus on it?
1: I I was because it well okay. Or can
0: you adjust it like you can a telescope or No,
1: no, you can't. But um the the image is projected as if it were sort of in front of your face. So mm-hmm. I was able to focus on it, but the problem was is that it's so small, like the physical artifact that you have to angle your eye into is so yeah. small that yeah. it's difficult to actually bring it into your field of view. Okay. Um mm. And, and the images and, and text that you see there um, is, is along a, a very narrow axis such that if you aren't looking at it just so, then you're going to have a difficult time making out what's in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out that it's, unless you have some amount of practice with it, I guess, you'll have a very difficult time seeing what's in the display. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes it, you know, I think, a very probably frustrating experience to use in the long term. Mm -hmm. So it just doesn't Mm -hmm. strike me as a terribly effective piece of hardware. I mean, just just physically speaking. Uh, Never mind all the capabilities that come with it. Microsoft's uh, entry here that I hope we can talk about uh, seems a lot more compelling. Uh, Not least because it's not the sort of thing you're supposed to go out in the the world and wear, but something that you probably would use in the privacy of your own home or office. My cat Mm -hmm. has discovered me under the blanket and is attacking me. Um, (coughs) Nice. So... I'm sure no harm will come to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> cool.
0: Is she, is she like needing you now, or?
1: Yeah, she's like jumping all over me and uh, and kind of needing the blankets and, uh, cool. and threatening the um the structural stability of my podcast tent. Hey
0: everybody, welcome to episode twenty. What is this? 23? Twenty-three,
1: oh. man. Twenty-three. Is it twenty-three? <laughs> you put it at the top of your own document, so I'm gonna no go with no yes. that,
0: no. Jaime wrote that actually.
1: Uh Well. Last week was 22, so I'm going to go with 23 okay.